Previously on Adventure They Wrote. I want to give a very high-pitched shrill whistle that I know Doran will be able to hear easily. Out of the darkness emerge three cloaked figures. The two in the lead are wearing deep red cloaks, and the one just behind them is wearing a black cloak. And you can see now that it is a, a drought. The dark elf that has not made a move yet, and he throws both his hands up towards uh, Max and a magic... Three magic missiles shoot out of his hands. Strike our goblin investigator. I hate magic missile. Uh, that's ten damage, Max. The rogue needs healing. <laughs> <laughs> Twenty-two. Yeah, that'll hit. Goodbye, Crossbow Jones. He's going to take three d ten necrotic damage. Yeah. Thus ends the ballad of Crossbow Jones. <laughs> Does he turn into a pile of mystery goo again? Yes. <laughs> yeah, with that much damage, he definitely does. Some call it the City of Splendors, but not me. I call it the City of Stories. Thousands of people gathered from across the realms, each with a tale more titillating than the last. City of Splendors, Jewel of the North, City of Stories, whatever else, it's Waterdeep. Okay, so in our last session, you infiltrated the, uh, the shipyard. Um, you searched the largest boat that had been commissioned by the, the Luskin crime family. You found a strange tooth dagger as well as three shipping manifests that seemed to contain Shulton artifacts on them. Uh, and then you were attacked by some drow, uh, one of which you scared away, one of which was turned into a puddle, and the last you were able to subdue and return to the ship. So as we start this episode, um, you can begin your interrogation of the remaining drow. Uh, however, Max, you know from personal experience that you don't have a ton of time before the guard arrives. Uh, there's been violence happening. Uh, several of the guards were killed by the drow. And now it's only a matter of time before the fuzz shows up. True story. Oh, the City Watch, you mean? Yeah, the Fuzz. Yes, the Fuzz. A.K.A. the Fuzz. 5-0. Okay, because the, the people that were killed were the private guards. Yes, that's right. They were, the, they were the private guards, and now you need to finish the interrogation before the Popo uh, show up. The actual City Watch. Yes. Yes. I would like a quick point of order. Um, you did say... Uh, that we turned one into a puddle. I would like that, for the record, to be a pile of goo. <laughs> yes. It was a puddle of goo, wasn't it? Pile of goo. I feel like the the line between puddle of goo and puddle is a blurry one, but I will take that down. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate that. <laughs> Gotta stay on brand. Always be branding. <laughs> All right, so we've only got a few minutes. Don't forget I left a special warning, too. Yes. <laughs> that, that's right. Oh, that's right. The nightmare warning. Uh-huh. The, the horrifying uh, nightmare fuel. Yes. I figure it buys us a couple minutes. 
We need to talk to this guy before the city watch arrives, and we need to beat feet. Gilly would like to go ahead and run basically a distraction, effectively, uh, or a delay for the watch. Um, I'm happy to go ahead and sort of be milling around out toward the docks where the watch might be approaching from, so they see me first. Um, So if uh, the group needs more time, I can provide, you know, a little bit of a distraction and possibly also be a little bit of a lookout for the group. I like that a lot. Mm -hmm. Let's decide on a signal first this time. (laughs) Gilly looks at everybody and shrugs his shoulders and says, "Ah, if you want to do caca, I can do caca. Sounds good to me. Max's thought is that the Countess send Gilly a message as we're about to leave. Unless that's a first level spell, is that a, or is that a cantrip? That one is a cantrip. Okay, because well, he needs to be within 120 feet. So, so long as he's not traveling further than that, then the countess can send a message. 120 feet would put Gilly firmly in murder territory. He would need to be farther away to be at the entrance of the dockyard itself to meet the fuzz. Yeah, to be to be sort of uh, convincingly not a part of the mass murder that happened in the shipyard, he would need to be further away than 120 feet. Got it. Okay. What if we, instead of bringing this drow up to the ship, we brought him to the makeshift office of um, of this shipwright? Because that would be closer to the entrance, wouldn't it? I think it's too late now. Oh, okay. We don't got time to move him. Gilly's just going to go with Kaka as the signal, and he's going to make his way out to the docks. We don't really have a lot of time, so that's what he's going to do. Let us begin the interrogation. Yeah, so the the drow has woken up by this point. I'm going to go ahead and assume that you have secured his hands and feet. Indeed. He uh, he does not look like a happy, happy camper. Selene is going to take out the knife that they found on the ship and just hold it up to his neck and be like, Max, did you have anything to say to him? I I would like you to roll an intimidation check. 13. He doesn't seem very intimidated. Doran will step in and pat Max on the back, casting Guidance. Mm-hmm. Uh, once before the spell ends, he can roll a d4 and add the number rolled to one ability check of his choice. He can roll it before or after making the, the ability check. Here you go, friend. Go for it. Who are you working for? She'll dig the knife just a little deeper into his neck. Max, what what angle are you are you trying to menace him or are you trying I want to get an idea of, of how you're approaching the interrogation. Well, if uh, Celine is holding a knife to his neck, I guess that Max would be playing the quote unquote good cop. I'm just looking at him and asking him the question. Okay, uh, go ahead and roll a persuasion check. Alright. Alright, so with that, uh, it's a ten total. He doesn't seem very persuaded. <laughs> Let's just dump his body overboard and get the hell out of here. The Countess, uh, while Max and Celine are putting on their good cop, bad cop thing. She's going to sort of circle the perimeter of where he's seated um, and just sort of flip. They're basically morning stars, but I've customized them as spinning coins. She's going to flip them around and walk behind him and message him. She would know that a drow would speak under common, right? 
Yes. Yeah, she would. She is going to go behind him and message him in Undercommon with a threat and say, My dear, you may not seem as intimidated as you should, but you saw what I could do to your friend there. I can easily do the same to you. Speak up, dear, she says out loud. Okay, Kat. Uh, you can go ahead and roll an intimidation with advantage. Good thing, because the first one was a six. That would have been a nine. And <laughs> a nine is what she got. Oh, still not very intimidated. We're not an intimidating lot, are we? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you guys are not intimidating. Nope. I want to know what Brad's approach is now. Oh, great. Doran is not an intimidating person. Turn into a dog and lick his face. <laughs> <laughs> Too late, I'm out of wild sheeps. Oh no. And I don't have any spells to help. Okay, Doran's going to take a more calm, kind approach. <laughs> He's going to gently move Celine's hand out of the way with the dagger. Aww. <laughs> Friend, we just need some information and we'll let you go. It's in your best interest. And he's going to put his hand on his shoulder like a good friend. So you can choose. You can either roll a persuasion check for that or a deception check. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is not a deception check for Doran, at least. I don't know about the rest of the party. So you would let him go? Yeah, he would. All right. He doesn't have any charisma bonuses. That's a two on the on the die. Perfect. Ooh. <laughs> you guys. Doran's going to say, well, I think we should leave him tied up here for the, the city watch to find him. Cool. See ya. I love it. What a clown car of an interrogation. I think the Countess would like to leave a business card attached. Please no. Please not let any of the City Watch know that we were here and involved with any of this death and murder. Oh, it is a gift, though. All right. Oh, but it's a gift. There is a pile of goo on the dock. Uh. <laughs> I'm going to take my tail, though, and just kind of smear it on his face before we leave. Until next time, friend. Uh, and then I, I suppose the Countess will message Gilly to say that um, we're on our way. What time of night is it right now? It's pretty late at this point. Oh, you reminded me. Brad, roll a perception check. Uh, Twelve. As you're leaving, you notice something on the arm of the drow that for just a second in the light, you think might be some sort of rot. Well, the corruption? Yeah, it's it's sort of covered by his sleeve and his glove. You really can't get a good look at it. Dorn will run back and investigate it. What's this? Roll an investigation check. Nature? Or don't. You are getting right up to the line now where you need to be concerned about the presence of the city guard. Makes it spicy. Yeah, the situation is getting spicy. And, and I've been rolling hot, so here we go. For science. 16. It bears some mild similarities. It is not identical. Uh, you think that it might be the corruption in its early stages. Well, hot dog, this is what I'm looking for. So at this point, if you were to stay, anyone that stays at this point would have to make uh, stealth checks to pass the city guard unnoticed. You can either choose to leave now and, and escape safely or stay to investigate the corruption further and then have to navigate your way out. I'm not afraid to take his arm if we need to. <laughs> oh, 
Jeez. For science, of course. Fletch, how does Gilly's presence outside alter that? That is a great question. Um, so as the guard approaches Gilly, let's see here. You can make a persuasion or performance check to delay them. How many guards are approaching Gilly, first of all? Um, let's say uh, it's like a dozen. It's a dozen guards that are, they, they've been notified that there's something happening and they're coming to check it out. Okay. So when the guards are approaching, when I see them kind of moving sort of in the area of the ships and by the dock there, um, I'll come running up to them. Um, some of them might know me, right? I mean, you know, I've been around town and, and, and the dock ward is somewhere where I've spent a lot of time. Yep. And I'll say to them, hey, uh, uh, I'm so glad you could come. Um, there's been like a fight or something like that. Uh, I don't know what's going on, um, but uh, I saw I, I saw a, a bunch of uh, dock workers, I think they were, getting accosted by uh, some hooded cloaked figures. Um, they ran off that way. And um, I'm going to point over to Gilly's going to point over to you know like like sort of down the way a bit uh, uh, away from the ship um, that the crew is currently investigating or currently on. Okay, uh, make a deception roll. Sure. That is an eight. <laughs> oh, how the tables have turned! I uh, I would like to say that I feel like my. Uh, my role-playing of this rather than straight-up dice rolling should give me, like, some sort of advantage. Your role-playing is great. Uh, the uh, wisdom check that I rolled for the guard is a natural 20. I can beat that if you give me the opportunity. That's true. Yeah, go ahead and roll again. Sweet. Oh, not quite there. Uh, <laughs> I got a six. But I did get a 16, so. Okay. Um, he, he does actually send a couple guards off in the, that direction, um, but the rest of the guards fan out and start moving into the shipyard. Uh, and he, he tells you, stay here. We've got, we've got it under control, citizen. And then they, they move into the uh, shipyard. Eight of the dozen guards move in. Uh, four of them move off in the direction that you had directed. Did uh, Fletch, when he says that to me, does he say it with that same intonation that you used? You, you know, when I said it, it actually did sound sort of derisive. It, it, it doesn't come across that way. He okay. is, he, stay here, don't worry about it. And then he moves in uh, with the other eight cards. All right. When, uh, when he moves in, uh, you know, I kind of just sort of hang out, uh, you know, where, where I'm supposed to basically be hanging out. And... Then I just kind of, you know, cough for a moment. <laughs> Ca-ca! <laughs> Can we hear him? Do we hear that? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. You've been you've been listening for it too. It's pretty loud. So yeah, you hear the guards are coming. That would give you some advantage on your uh, stealth checks to escape because you know that they're on the way, um, but you would still have to make them to escape the dockyard at this point. All right, Selena's going to run up to Doran and be like, out of my way. And then she's going to take her dagger and just slice the corruption off of the arm. Let's get out of here. <laughs> well, uh, uh, okay then. And Doran will follow. Every time I think I know. Yep. <laughs> oh my gosh. Surprise. Take that, DM. You thought I was kidding about taking the arm. <laughs> well, she didn't take the whole arm. 
No, just a piece. Everyone running through the dockyard, and Celine just has this <laughs> scrap of flesh in her hand, <laughs> flapping in the wind behind her. Oh no, I put it in my pouch. Ah, oh, you're gonna get it. I gotta save it for later. You're gonna get everything all dirty in there. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna we're gonna vamoose. I actually didn't want to leave the boat yet. Got it. Okay, so Max is still hanging out. Everyone else leaves. Max is there. Gilly wouldn't be leaving until everybody's been accounted for. So um, since he's way, you know, kind of like off, you know, like outside of the immediate crime scene area, he would probably just be hanging out waiting for everyone. Oh, yeah. You wouldn't be at any risk of like uh, you're, you're basically just an onlooker. From the perspective of the guards. Yep. Yeah, actually, uh, I'm an onlooker, and at this point, you know, I will, you know, obviously be just sort of keeping tabs on where the guards go and what they might find. Perfect. When the Countess leaves, she's going to pat Max on the shoulder and say, um, good luck, my dear, and um, give him Blessing of the Trickster, which gives him um, advantage on dexterity stealth checks for the next hour. Thank you. Great. Okay, Max. Alone on the boat with the drow who has a strip of skin missing from one arm. And he looks not happy about any of the things that have happened. I'm going to look at him and I'm going to say, all right, look, you got one last chance to get off this boat alive. Tell me what I want to know and I'll let you live. I could see that being, that's pretty intimidating. Go ahead and roll an intimidation check. Nine. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Nine is not intimidating enough to intimidate the drow. So what you're saying, Mr. Millhouse. <laughs> that's all. Oh, that's right. It is Millhouse. Is that you would rather die than tell me who you're working for. Uh, yeah, he just sneers at you. He he is even though he's tied up and on the uh, floor of the boat. He is looking down at you as much as he can. I will take my blade and I will drive it through his heart because I'm not going to let him tell the city guard that we were here. Okay. You dispatch him. Coup de gras. Coup de gras. And he, the life leaves his eyes and the derision and pride stays. I would like to search his cloak for any sort of... um, if he has a business card. He does not have a business card, but you do find a signet ring. I will take that ring. Uh, do I hear any footsteps on the boat yet? You hear footsteps approaching the boat. Okay, I would like to go like down the dry dock toward the waterway and get out that direction. Great. Uh, roll your, I believe uh, Countess gave you Trickster, so you get uh, Stealth with Advantage. Uh, so that is uh, 18. 18 total. That's great. You're able to uh, avoid detection um, by the guard that is sort of, you know, you, you hear them outside uh, still, like, some of them are crying at what they've found. Uh, you hear a guy quit his job. He's like, I'm, I'm going, I'm moving back to the farm. I didn't sign up for this. I'm getting too old for this stuff. I was one day away from retirement. <laughs> I was one day away from retirement. That's the next character I'm going to play, that guard. Oh, I love it. That's such a good idea. Like a human fighter who's like nine years old. Still level one. Still level one because he's just been a 
quiet town guard for his entire existence. Yeah, he's never happy. <laughs> yeah, I want to play that character now, too. Okay, yeah, so you're able to uh, make it back to the group, and uh, you're all sort of, you you group up back together kind of on the outskirts of the boatyard, where even though it's uh, pretty late at night, uh, other citizens have gathered because word has spread that something disgusting has happened at the boatyard. I want to make sure that none of this points to us because I don't want Croc to get into any trouble for tipping us off about the boatyard. Is that what you tell the rest of the group? Yes. And I I, I let them know that um, the drow uh, willingly gave me this signet ring to let us know um, who, where to look next. Mm. Oh, I got this piece of flesh we could look at. Did you touch that with your bare hands? <laughs> that is actually a great clarification to make because I wasn't sure either. <laughs> Touched it with my knife. <laughs> you might want to wash yourself a little. Eh, it'll brush off. And did you cut that off with your knife or with the evidence that we collected? No, no, no. My knife. Okay, just making sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's the silvered one. Oh, right. And that... That means it won't be corrupt on your fingertips, right? I have a special pouch for my scraps of flesh. Oh, good. Perhaps we ought to bring our conversation back to the office, um, the Countess suggests. I agree. Great. Uh, so you all make it back to the office. You, uh, you uh, get the lights up and going again. Uh, Countess, I imagine you get a pot of tea. Indeed. Yeah, it's late. You're all tired, but you have this opportunity to sort of... It's been three days of investigation at this point. Almost three days. So yeah, if you want to take this opportunity to just go over what you've learned and, and where you're leaning, you can do that now. Well, the Countess would like to take a look at the signet ring because that seems like something she she might have some information about. Yes. I put everything on the table, right? Like for us to kind of look at altogether. And the Countess very, very firmly says to Celine, please leave the bloody bit in the pouch. This was um, an office expense, uh, this table here, and we wouldn't want to muck it up. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, of course not. And then Celine will kind of like take an extra piece of one of her disguises and just put it underneath the pouch. And the pouch is kind of like one of those that unfolds. So you don't, you know, it's like just drawn up with string. So she just kind of like lays it out and lets it sort of. My wife, ladies and gentlemen. Onto the, <laughs> the disguise that she put out. <laughs> Dorn is sticking to Celine like glue. He's looking at the, wherever her scrap of flesh is at. I I thought it would have been better if it had like soaked through a little bit so you're like okay and you just drop the like squishy pouch down onto the desk and it lands with a splat <laughs> and like starts oozing out the side. I told you it's a special pouch. <laughs> you can't have people seeing the flesh that I carry around with me. He's looking at that pouch. <laughs> um, okay so uh, Countess roll a history check for me. That would be an 11. 
Uh, you're not able to discern the uh, exact nature of the symbol on the signet ring, but you do recognize it as a uniquely drow symbol. Okay. Uh, so, Brad, now that you are not rushed and you have time to examine it, you can roll uh, your nature check with advantage. Yes. 21. 21. Excellent. Um, so, you, yeah, you're now able to determine that this is uh, uh, very similar to the rot that the, the corruption that you experienced, the corruption that actually brought your character to Waterdeep. Ooh. Nice. And uh, it just doesn't seem as pervasive or as aggressive as the corruption you experienced previously. And it also almost... There, there seems to be sort of a fungal element to the corruption, but on a scale that you're not necessarily familiar with. Uh, like it's not like mushrooms are like popping up out of the skin and stuff. It almost looks like the way wood looks. If you leave wood in like the damp for a few years and it gets like the mycelial strains kind of all through it, it's kind of like that. As um, Doran is very closely investigating this mucky piece of flesh, the Countess is going to open up the window a little bit and <laughs> take out her fan and start fanning herself because she's she's certain she can smell something. <laughs> oh, she can. Don't worry, it's not sporicating. It's, oh, goodness, what? <laughs> Those stupid pies. <laughs> <laughs> It's a druid thing, you wouldn't understand. Sporicating, the most scientific term you've ever found. Um, the other thing the Countess would like to do is uh, is take a look at the dagger, uh, because there had been some writing on it. Yeah, Gilly was interested in that too as well. I'll lay that out separately so it's not contaminated by the goo. Yeah. I've washed my hands by now. <laughs> I did that when we got back. Uh, Gilly, I want you to roll a history check, actually, looking at the dagger. The first thing I want to do is... I'd like to go ahead and just see if I can decipher what the... You said there was some writing or markings on it? Yes. Is it in a language or script that I would be familiar with, that Gilly would be familiar with? Um, so it's actually not writing. It is a carving of a Luskin longship. And there's a great wave sort of breaking over the bow of the ship. Um, and you can see it all along the sides. There are round shields and... The, the carving is so intricate that you can even see people on the deck of the ship uh, and their warriors in full armor and weapons. It looks like they're on their way to a raid. And the, the quality of the carving is um, exquisite. So it seems like this might be uh, like a long ship, like the long ships that Luskin is famous for. Yes. Great. I'll go ahead and I'll make that history roll now. I got an 11. Um, so you remember from your work on the Waterdeep Underpress, uh, you actually did a story years ago when the Luskins first started moving into Waterdeep, uh, that this is a form of art that is kind of unique to Luskin. It's called Scrimshaw. And what it is, is uh, engraving done on the bones and teeth of animals. 
and it can be anything from whales to uh, walruses to uh, Norwal. All right. Do I think that there'd be any significance in inscribing it on this weapon? Uh, nope, but you are able to identify that the quality of the work is beyond your average scrimshaw work. All right, that's good enough. Uh, I'll share what I know of it with the group before handing it over to the Countess. I don't imagine the Countess would, would have encountered anything like this. No, the, the Luskins haven't quite entered high society. They're a little bit uncouth for mm-hmm. the noble crowd. Mm-hmm. So all she'll say is, well, well, that looks rather lovely and quite expensive, I would imagine. Some of the nicest work I've seen, that for sure. How long has it been since we've been at the docks? Um, at this point, a couple hours. Hey, Doran, you want to leave that flesh alone for a second and take a look at this? Doran's going to just not even look. He's going to wave. No, 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 he didn't. And he's going to turn into a falcon and then just like peer closely <laughs> at the, the skin. <laughs> oh, God. Use that short rest for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Were we able to determine what type of animal this specific dagger was carved from? Uh, nope. Uh, then uh, Max would like to make a nature check to see if we can figure out what which animal this is. Um, the reason why I want to l- find out is I want to see if this is an animal native to Luskin and the north or Chult and the south. Uh, <laughs> so that's a 11 on the dice. So 13 nature. So your knowledge of Chulton wildlife is limited to the pies that Doran brings for breakfast. And you haven't had a tremendous amount of exposure to Luskin wildlife either. You're a city goblin. True. You are able to tell that this doesn't look like the teeth of the lizards that you are familiar with. So you doubt this would be a dinosaur tooth from Chult. Got it. Okay, cool. The Countess would like to suggest... I feel like she must know some sort of antiquities dealer or mm-hmm. or someone who evaluates these sorts of um, trinkets whenever she needs to sell items or or that sort of thing that she hopefully would be able to trust to to take a look at this at some point in the morning. Yeah. Yeah, you would. I, I think you would have that contact. I think I might know someone who could give us a little bit more information about this um, after we've had a, a bit of a rest, of course. Before Celine goes to bed, she's going to cast Detect Magic on it just to see if there's any kind of remnant of anything that might have been protecting it or if it had any kind of like sacrificial purpose just based on its like mm-hmm. design. I imagine she's seen some special blades in her time. That old black magic has me in its spell That old black magic that you weave so well Uh, There is, in fact, an enchantment on this dagger. It's an innate enchantment. It's not an activated one. On a successful strike channels cold into the attack. Is this a dagger of Levistus? No, it's not demonic in nature. It's Oh. No, I figured out what kind of what kind of tooth that is. 
That's a shark tooth. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he would have described it like a shark tooth if it was a shark tooth. Betcha. Because they're pretty obvious, right? Right? Well, if it's not a dinosaur tooth, and it's got scrimshaw on it, and it's magical cold. That's a shark tooth to me. Perfect. Well, you're, you're right. You know, I didn't make a nature check, so I, I believe you. <laughs> I, my, nature, my nature check was like five, so. <laughs> I'm just guessing. Fletch, does Celine know how to activate the enchantment? I said it's not an activated one. It's innate. It, it would happen uh, on a strike. On a strike. Okay. If you were, if you made a successful attack, then the, the enchantment would um, go. Just naturally. Okay. Don't you have to attune to that kind of stuff to get its powers? For, like, more powerful magical items you do, uh, this one doesn't seem very powerful. It just seems extra. The Countess would like to um, borrow the signet ring for a moment and open up her her desk, roll top, get out some wax, heat it up, drop it down, and make a copy of the engraving on the ring, on the signet. And see what it looks like? Uh, Just so she has a copy in case she... Oh, got it. For reference. And then she can give it back to Max, if he'll allow. I'm happy to do that, yes. So she does that and um, and then just sort of tucks the the seal into her handbag. Let's out a little sigh and says, well, I suppose it's um, we ought to get some rest, recharge, and um, pick this up in the morning. I'll be here in the office, not sleeping underneath my desk. <laughs> not this time. Wouldn't dream that you would, my dear. Max is absolutely going to be sleeping underneath the desk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's absolutely aware of that. <laughs> and she's just going to uh, wander off. All right. I want to throw something out, but I wouldn't want it to be like a long side story. Fletch, could I go to the Jade Dancer to see if I could find the bartender? And get more information out of him? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you could do that. So Selena's going to go to the Jade Dancer and uh, find the bartender that she used to work with and question him about some of the things that we've encountered and then come back in the morning. She doesn't sleep very much, so... No, that's really good. I like that a lot. Roll a... Just for for what we encounter in the morning Mm -hmm. or for what you learn and bring back to the group, roll a persuasion check and then roll a perception check. Okay. So for persuasion, it's an 18. Okay. And for perception, it's a 12. Okay, good. Good, good, good. I didn't learn everything and solve the, the case tonight, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Not this time. Dorn is going to stop being a falcon and turn into a black bear and smell, smell the flesh. And then before retiring, because he is going to get up early because he has a special little plan. Ooh, special little plan. Yeah. Uh, Gilly? Yeah, so uh, when do we conclude our business that evening? What time of night is it? Uh, it's late, but it's not so late that you couldn't uh, get a, a new headline or a new story into the underpress for the following day. Actually, what Gilly's got planned is he's going to go blow off some steam over at Tiny's Gym. Got it. Yep. He needs to, he needs to go ahead and uh, keep himself trained for his next bout. So he's going to do that, and um, he's not going to be gone too long. He's just going to kind of hit the bag for a little while, and then he's going to head home. Uh, he'll get up early in the morning, as he usually does, uh, and stop by the underpress. 
he's going to go ahead and check in with the folks there and see if they've uh, heard anything about the uh, dock side kerfluffle from last night. Okay. Um, and uh, he'll pick up a copy of uh, today's underpress as well. And Max, any extracurriculars? Max is going to take a look and try to get as much information out of the paperwork that we took from the ship as, as he can. All of the manifests, all of the maps, everything that was there that we were able to take from that table, um, Max wants to see about trying to, trying to figure out if there's any connect the dots there. Got it. Okay. Uh, okay. Roll an investigation check for me. All right. So that's a uh, 18 on the dice, uh, which is a 24 total. You guys are back. <laughs> see, 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 I'm good at this stuff. <laughs> After one miserably botched interrogation, the Waterdeep Detective Agency goes to bed with a ton of clues to research in the morning. Where will we end up? You'll just have to tune in to episode nine of Deep Trouble. Hello again. It's your producer, Jason, a.k.a. Max, the Goblin Detective. Quick apology for getting this up a day late. I went to PAX Unplugged this past weekend. It was amazing, but I came home with a bit of the PAX Pox, and it kind of kicked my butt. As usual, I would love to say thank you to everyone who is listening to the podcast. We love the fact that you guys enjoy the show. We like all of the comments that you guys are leaving on Twitter and on the iTunes reviews and things like that. So please keep that up. If you haven't reviewed the show on whatever platform you are listening to it on, we would highly recommend that you do that. Request that you do that. Something like that. The more ratings we get, the more reach we can establish and the more people can listen to the show. So thank you so much for doing that. We really appreciate it. Another as usual, I want to say thank you to Tabletop Audio for letting us use all of their sounds. Tim over at Tabletop Audio makes really great 10-minute long looped ambiances that you can use during your own tabletop sessions. It's all free. You can find it at tabletopaudio.com. And if you feel like supporting them, you can hit them up on Patreon. It's December, so the holidays are here. We're going to have a special edition podcast version of our Extra Life game during the week of Christmas. So stay tuned for that. And again, thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. And if you want to share your theories about what's going on in the mystery, you can always join us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Just search for Adventure They Wrote. Thanks again for listening, and we will see you next time for more mystery. The Adventure They Wrote podcast is copyright 2018 AdventureTheyWrote.com and is licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivative Works 4.0 International License. That means that you can share it, and we really encourage that, but you can't make any changes to it, and you're not allowed to charge for it. If you have any questions, visit creativecommons.org. Just as a side note, like... This is what I spent a lot of time doing today at work, like in between projects and stuff. Like if I had a little bit of downtime, I was like, how is this interrogation going to go? And I'm like a little frustrated to know that I really didn't have to do any of that. That you guys are like the least effective interrogators of all time. We've been rolling 20s all time up until now. So I know. I know until now. And and the Countess is actually like, one of her one of her skills is like charisma, right? Mine too. <laughs> Nine. <laughs> I'm so disappointed in all of you. You've set a precedent. Twenty three. <laughs> this episode is coming like lep- episode eight.
our fans have now listened to seven or eight consistent episodes of just you guys killing it. And now you just feel like these bumbling, like we've gone from Sherlock Holmes to the Sherlock Holmes with Will Ferrell. Well, I mean, I'm great at investigation. I'm not my, my charisma is 10. So I got, I got no bonus by the way, Sherlock Holmes with Will Ferrell, not an actual, uh, promoter of the podcast, but we are taking phone calls. 